Welcome to the latest edition of the Ask Qubit About Analytics podcast, brought to you by Qubit, the trusted experts in analytics. Our goal is to cut through the jargon and hype around analytics and data science and share practical advice to guide you on your analytics journey. You can find us at qubit.com, that's Q-U-E-B-I-T.com. Thank you for joining me today. I'm A.G. Tan. Hi there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Ask Qubit About Analytics podcast. I'm your host, A.G. Tan, and I am thrilled today to be talking to my respected colleague and friend, Gary Corrigan, who is Qubit's Senior Vice President of Sales when he's not flying by at 30 miles per hour on a road bike. Um, besides being one of the fittest people I know, Gary is a phenomenal salesperson. And what makes him phenomenal is that he truly cares about customers and their success. He's super passionate while also being super professional. I have learned so much from Gary in the eight or so years we've worked together to help push the Qubit mission forward. And today we're going to talk about our common love of analytics and how Gary has seen it evolve through the years. So hello, Gary. Welcome. Hello, AG. It's great to be with you today. So Gary, you've been selling analytics solutions for a good 15 years or so, right? Um, mm. So has, has the market changed much in that time? Yeah, AG, it's... Uh... It's crazy that it's been 15 years, but I have been doing this for quite some time now. Uh, and you know, it's one of those things that the more things change, the more they stay the same. Uh, what I would say is that uh, analytics is every bit as important uh, and frankly necessary now, today, in 2019, than it was back in uh, 2004 when I started with Cognos. Um, you know, the market back in 2004 uh, had come at, had come off of buying all these ERP systems and transaction systems, and companies were having a hard time figuring out uh, how they were going to make sense of that data so they can make better decisions. And really, the emergence of the big BI platforms back then really really came to be. Um, today, analytics is just as important, and all the clients that I meet with and that we at Cuban meet with. Um, but today, I think it's all about uh, being able to have solutions to what clients need and just the emergence of the amount of data, whether it's internal data or external data that is out there, makes it in, in, the, in the degree of disruption that's going on in the market with new technologies uh, and new companies make it ever more important that clients um, find ways to improve their analytics prowess and abilities uh, so that they can keep a competitive advantage and uh, keep their clients happy. So. Uh, Again, more, the, more things change and more they stay the same, but I, I love selling analytics as much today and being involved in consulting clients on it as I did back in 2004. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, one thing, though, that, that uh, you know, sometimes gets a little bit frustrating is how the vendors, you know, like to change the terminology now and again. So, for example, I mean, you and I know what analytics is, and I, and I actually think analytics is a really good term because it's, it's broad enough to cover you know, a wide range of technologies, whether it's predictive analytics or financial analytics or you know, um, you know, real-time enterprise analytics. Um, but uh, 
you know, nowadays people are starting to talk more about, you know, data science and artificial intelligence as being somehow offshoots of analytics. And, and I worry sometimes that this gets a little bit confusing for people who are looking at all this. Um, do, do you have any thoughts on, 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 on the potential confusion or, or whether you, you know, you feel it's helpful? Well, you can't see me right now, but I'm smiling because, uh, yeah, I worry about that too. But I, I think what's really important, I'll just, again, frame up some of the past and kind of where we are now. Back in the early days when, when, when analytics software was getting very big, uh, you had what you would you know, traditionally know as your BI platforms, your business objects, your cognoses, your uh, discovery, your uh, Brio, lots of different platforms, okay? Um, and then you had the idea of, you know, as you said, financial performance management or corporate performance management. So your planning platforms. Uh, and then, you know, back then also you had your predictive, like your SaaS, uh, your SPSS. And people back in the, or in the, again, when I sort of got into this in the mid 2004, five, six timeframe, uh, people were buying platforms. They would invest millions of dollars in a BI platform that would be pervasive across their company or in a planning platform or in a predictive analytics platform. Um, and back then, I think people oftentimes would just think to themselves, we need a platform because make better decisions. Um, today, a lot of people still talk about those particular platforms. But, but I will tell you that I, I believe today when you talk about analytics, we've seen really an amalgamation of just those platforms coming together to provide solutions to companies. Most clients don't just buy off on a platform today, right? Most companies today will buy off on something that they need to fix a business problem. And more often than not, uh, you're going to need some combination of historical BI reporting, some combination of, of AI machine learning or predictive, and certainly going to need some combination of right back or planning. Um, and if, if companies can't figure out how to market and sell that, uh, then I, I think today in today's world, you're going to struggle because it's very hard to get any client or any, and frankly, for any client to decide that they are going to invest in just a platform that does one of those very siloed things when, when most solutions require a combination of them all. You know, that, that, that's a really great set of points. Um, so sometimes I wonder whether it's an indicator of how mature the analytics market has become. So if you, if you think about the, the traditional, you know, technology adoption cycle, you know, at the very beginning, the people who buy the technology are people who, who love technology. They're early adopters, they're innovators. And so they're very open to this idea of a platform. But as a technology matures, you know, people don't really want to futz with, you know, futz around with it. They just want it to work and so solve their business problems. And, and I think, you know, the way you're describing it, um, it, it, it does seem to align with that notion that today the technology is more mature, mature and the people who want to benefit from analytics are, are kind of expecting it to be a little bit more ready-made and to speak more directly to their problems. I mean, would you agree with that? Yes. Um, I think there's a lot less patience for, for systems to take the course of bringing value to them, which took some time. 
uh, today, people like in general society, everyone wants it now, right? I mean, look at what you can do on your phone or your, you know, your mobile, not even your phone, sorry, on your, um, your smart device, whatever that might be. You can do anything from that smart device immediately. Well, to be honest with you, that translates in the business world. People want value quickly. And so uh, I think it's really important that and in today's world, if you want an analytic solution, as I mentioned earlier, you need to have a combination of right back or planning and, and, and predictive or machine learning and BI and reporting. Uh, and clients do want more ready-made solutions. So I think it's incumbent upon solution providers, uh, whether it be purely software or whether they be solution companies, uh, that they, they be able to br bring together technology as well as subject matter expertise and intellectual property to be able to give value quickly to clients uh, because it's important today. Again, it takes you four years to implement something or even a year and a half. By the time you've implemented it, most likely uh, the market's been disrupted and it's too late. So you've got to get quick value. Right, right, ab absolutely. So Gary, I'd like to take a slightly different angle now and um, my next question is, after all these years of experience, have you developed a philosophy of selling and how has it evolved? Uh, it's certainly evolved. Uh, I've learned a lot and I try to continue to learn uh, every single year that I do this, um, which by the way, those years get shorter. But um, I think a big difference now in 2019 from, from way back when, when I started was that you know, when I was at Cognos, there was a lot of times where you were really focused on obviously differentiating your technology itself, the features and functions of that technology that you were providing, uh, and trying to make sure that you responded to clients' desire to understand what functions and features you had that would make your technology better, quicker, faster, whatever it might be. Now, obviously, today, that's still very important, uh, but I... I sort of figured out uh, a number of years ago that uh, it was sometimes less about the technology. Granted, there are, there are differences in some of the leading technologies when it comes to their features and functions and how they scale and work. Um, and that can have a difference in a sales cycle or why someone buys something. But oftentimes what I started to realize was it really came down to the point in uh, the discovery phase when someone's looking at a solution of when they realized that they were moving from looking at features and functions to geez, this is something that I need to make work. Like my job is on the line here. If, if I buy this and I don't make it successful. Um, and one of the reasons that I decided to leave, uh, you know, a big, big, big technology company and come to a, a practitioner or a consulting firm like Qubit was that I, I sort of started to see that consultative selling was, uh, was more advantageous, not only to me personally, but also to the clients that I sold to um, and that it, really people today when they're looking at buying a planning system or uh, uh, a predictive demand planning solution or whatever it might be uh, it's as much important to them about how this is going to be implemented uh, as about what the features and functions are and you know one other thing that I you know I've noticed is that also as a as a seller if you will um, I also try to evaluate the client themselves to understand whether they have the capacity themselves to absorb it and make it successful because as a practitioner, you can't have a failed client either. So 
um, there's this there's this point now I think in a sales cycle where both the seller and the consult and the buyer are kind of sizing each other up for whether there's a good fit and as long as we all realize we have a good fit then my experience is that uh, implementing technology is very very successful uh, and again it's as much about your ability to deliver it and the clients ability to absorb it as it is the features and functions that someone's looking for so um, I know that was a bit long-winded but uh, I'm pretty passionate about that and that's that's very important to me and in, uh, in, in the way we approach the market today well one thing that that I know um, you know we we often joke about it is how you're you're turning into a consultant um, at this point you understand the business problem so well and and you actually do understand the features and functions so well and sometimes when I'm listening to you talking to a customer and talking to them not about trying to sell them something but but really talking to them about their business problem you know it's um i mean it, it's kind of heartwarming and, and fascinating right because it's almost as though um your world and, and my world have started to overlap and and almost pass each other in the opposite direction well ig i've seen you uh i've seen you throw a couple of nice sales pitches in in your consulting days too these so uh, we must be doing something well together. Oh, definitely. I mean, well, well you know, I'm learning, I'm learning from the best. And, and the other thing that actually, um, you know, to be honest, I, th I think you have a talent for and, and is something that a lot of people don't realize is an important part of sales is that ability to, to really connect with people in a room. Um, when, when you go into a new prospective client, um, I've noticed that you put a lot of energy into saying hello to everybody from the top executive to the most junior analyst and to get a sense of what they're thinking, what they're feeling, um, you know, perhaps m more important, what they're feeling about this potential project. Um, because as you said, it's, it's very important to, to meet the customer where they are and give them a solution that's actually going to work for them, which may be different from what might work for another company in the same industry. Yeah, well, I, um, it's, a, it's a good point, and it's something that I think, regardless of whether you're in sales, whether you're consulting, no matter what you do, uh, I think in life, um, connecting with people is important. And uh, you know, when it comes to uh, buying or selling solutions, what's, what's key is that we all understand what's personally important to the person on the other side. Um, I can't, I can't say that enough, uh, you know, as a, as a seller, uh, and a, and I, I guess a consultant, um, I always try to fight, figure out for the person on the other side, who's interested in, in, in what we might be able to provide them with, uh, what value are they looking for? And ultimately for them, you know, it's one thing about the solution that's going to provide something for the company that they're, they're working for. But also you have to just figure out for that individual, what does it mean to their career? Um, how do they like to work? Um, and where do they want to be in two or three years with it? Um, because it's a journey. Again, nothing happens overnight. It does take time. Uh, we, we talked about earlier, people want immediate gratification. You can get a quick win, but ultimately people still want something that's going to give them value in the long run. So I think that's really important. And I always say to, uh, to my clients, I hope they do understand that we as consultants and salespeople, um, we're in it to see them succeed, but obviously we are in a business as well. So there's something in it for us, whether that's their reference, obviously there's, uh, you know, there's, uh, the, the, the revenue we make off of their business, but really it's gotta be a win-win situation. And 
um, you can't get there without connecting. And I always have to throw a little plug to my good buddy, Lou Diamond from Thrive Network. So we've had speak at some of our events and he's, he's helped us to, uh, to, to really push that agenda. And we've learned a lot from him too. No, absolutely. So Gary, we're getting to the last question here. Um, and I always like to ask for advice and takeaways. So do you have any practical advice or takeaways for either sellers or buyers in the analytics space? That's well, a good question. And uh, it's been great being with you today, AG. And I, I hope that uh, uh, folks are taking something out of this. I, I guess that where, the way I would end it would be, uh, first I would say for sellers. Um, today, what's most important is that you listen to your clients, you find a way to connect with your clients, most importantly based on the business uh, outcome that they're looking to achieve through their project. Um, you know, you have to understand the business problem. If you understand what a client's trying to achieve and when they need to get there and how they want to get there, then you have to determine if you're a good fit. And if you're a good fit, uh, then, uh, you know, you need to attack it that way so that you can show the positive outcome. Uh, there are two winners to every deal. If you're a seller, there's the first one out, uh, and there's the one who wins and you have to recognize whether you're a good fit or not. Let's not waste your time or anybody else's. Um, my advice for buyers would be that um, it's really important today that when you're looking to do a project, again, define that business requirement. Make sure that the, the vendors that you bring in front of you understand what you are trying to achieve and when you're trying to achieve it by. The more direction you can provide to your vendors, the quicker you'll find out who can meet it, right? And uh, you'll be able to manage that. And ultimately then you'll have vendors that remain in the process, uh, that will be able to provide you that business outcome that ultimately is going to help you personally and certainly help your company. So I guess that's the advice I would give to both. Um, it's an exciting time in the analytics world and it really is all about business outcomes and results. No, that, that, that's some great advice, Gary. And, um, you know, I think another way of, of rephrasing what you're saying is that, you know, the buying and the selling process doesn't have to be adversarial at all. In fact, um, if people can come at it as a type of a, a partnership, um, perhaps, um, you know, it becomes a bigger win-win for everyone. Uh, yes. I mean, again, there's, uh, it's always gotta be a win-win situation and, uh, actually wrote a little paper on LinkedIn once called the end of quarter conundrum. And the, basically the message was that there, there can be winners, right? Uh, both on the buying side and the winner side. And if there's not a winner, then you just don't have a partnership. So you want to make sure that there, there always is a win-win situation. And frankly, uh, at least the partnerships that we have here at Qubit and that I've been a part of have been win-win situations and they're lasting ones, right? It's not just one project, but typically there are two or three others that, that fall into line. Now, that's great advice, Gary. Thank, thank you so much um, for, for sharing that with us. And thank you to everyone who's listened. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening. We would love to hear from you. Do you have anything you would like to ask Qubit about analytics? You can tweet us at AskQubit or email us at info at qubit.com. That's info at que.com bit.com until next time